Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show on a Saturday morning. A little breezy with that front rolled in during the night. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman, and producing the Outdoor Show this morning is Jake. Hour number three already. Time has flown by this morning. Uh, a little weather update uh, as far as winds go right now. Uh, down on the island, it's 54.7 degrees with a north wind at 18, gusting to 27. Eagle Point's north at 16, gusting to 26. And at Morgan's Point, north-northwest at 20, gusting to 30. They're calling for some gust up to uh, probably 40 miles per hour with this today. So at least it didn't rain and cool down tonight and Hit about 60 tomorrow and then cool down again tomorrow night. But it uh, looks like a nice, warm, beautiful week ahead of us. We could use it. All right, well, let's run down Corpus Christi Way real quick, and let's check in with our good friend, Captain Cliff Webb. Cliff, what's up, bud? Oh, man, doing good, Mick. I'm up here uh, uh, just a little north of uh, Kerrville on an actress hunt right now, shooting some actress. Really? Yeah, I had a really good week, man. I Caught some big trout, then went bass fishing, caught some bass. So it's been a busy week for me, man. It's been good. Dang it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been good. I had your old your your old buddies down, Kelly Rising and those guys down uh, they tried to fish Monday and Tuesday, but uh Monday was just blowing like crazy. We just oh, yeah. out. You know, so they were gonna come down Sunday after Super Bowl. I said, Man, just you know, come on down Monday and we'll try to get out there late at Monday afternoon and fish Tuesday, but we, the wind never died till seven o'clock on monday afternoon it just blew like crazy so yeah it did it cranked yeah so we got out there on tuesday and uh usually usually there's four of them there's three of them i think uh i might couldn't come one of the guys couldn't come you know so we had three and we pull up on this shoreline and it's real calm and i'm totally in mickey and i'm seeing this six inch mullet flipping everywhere <laughs> oh <laughs> lord i don't know, I just, I'm, already, I'm already excited i think i think the wing box on it you know and I pull out <laughs> and uh, do some scatter rock and shit on stuff, you know, and uh, killing those guys. You know, Kelly's tall, so he weighs out deep. And last time, Kelly just wore me out on that swim bait, that bass bait, that swim bait. He just wore me out right. on it. And so he put that thing on. I'm thinking I'm going to get spanked this time on it again. But this time, there was no grass, you know. So I put a soft dine on. And uh, we're waiting down there to catch a couple of fish. Nothing really going on, you know, a couple, maybe three pounders and stuff. And kind of get concerned. Uh, Mickey, I look up next to shore. In needy water, there is a roll of mullet for half a mile pushed up on that bank. Wow. In, in needy water. And they are going off. They're flipping and doing the Macarena. I mean, they're they're excited. <laughs> and I pull up there, Bubba, and the first fish I stick is five and a half. You know, boom. In needy water, you know. Then, and I'd waited away from those guys. I kind of waited the opposite way to let them get ahead of me, you know. So I'm probably 500 yards down from them, you know. And I catch four or five really big fish up there. I mean, really shallow. And I... So I get, I go back to the boat. I get in the boat. I get told them what. I go back over to tell them. I said, "Hey man, you guys are too deep." They pull in, Mickey. <laughs> it was like a different day. The difference between waist deep and knee deep was unbelievable. It was wow. just, you know. But we were at the end of the bite. We missed that heavy, heavy. We had a minor. I think we had a minor from seven thirty to nine or something. And they were on yeah. that minor. And when that minor quit, they shut down. We're catching them, but nothing like they were on that minor. You know, we caught some really nice fish up there, shallow, all, everything left in knee deep. And it's just, it goes to show you, you know, you don't always catch a master in waist deep water. Even if Amazing. you got a mullet, really active mullet, we're in shallow. So it's really 
important to pay attention to your bait. What's going yes. on with you? What's going on with what they're eating? We got a really nice fish that day. Got the fish late, you know, so it was good. Then uh, this is my good friend, uh, Clayton Thomas. He got this really nice ranch uh, by Fredericksburg. He said, hey, man, come up there and, uh, you know, we've lost a bunch of actors from that freeze a couple of years ago. Now they're they're coming back. We've got some big herds of actors. He said, some guy can get you some actors. Right. I jumped all that, you know, so I jump in the truck and on Thursday afternoon and I drive up here and so I get there. I get here so good. So I get here first. He gives me a ten to the gate. He says I'm thirty minutes behind you. I just said just go up in that big lake, catch some bass. I said excuse me. <laughs> I said tell me again. <laughs> so it's pedals and metal to the gate now, you know. So I get to the gate, you know. I get in there and there's this bass lake all to myself, full of Florida bass, this big old giant lake. I go, hmm, let me think about this. And I go in there, and I got I got some bass assassins, I got some uh, swim baits, I got some I got some little johns. I don't have nothing that even looks like a bass lure. So right, but you know what? the bass didn't care. <laughs> did not care, buddy. I was throwing a little P and B, a little bit of right, you know. And then I got on a what else I throw? Oh yeah, I threw a rattle trap and a soft nine. I caught on just about everything, you know. It was really neat. And so got through with the bass fishing and the. Uh, Clayton shows up and we go axis hunting. And Mickey, these axes are so spooky right now. Oh my God, they're wild. Yeah, they're uh, they're wild, man. They're uh, they're tough to get. I could not get anything within 400 yards, not running. You know, it's just like I'm not going to shoot at nothing 400 yards and run. I'm not going to do it. You know, right? We kept we see them, they see us. You know, so we tried you know, hunting in the blinds for them and everything else. We've not killed one yet. We've had a couple of almost you know so we're gonna try one more time today but man i may not get one it's just they're just so spooky right now so hard to hunt but uh, just getting to see all these giant white tail that he's got was unbelievable you got some good ones. oh god <laughs> it was just stupid <laughs> yeah beautiful. <laughs> and they're all natural there's no uh there's no genetics here they're all hill country deer that's been right. well fed for years for 20 years they feed them you know, and just no genetics or nothing, but they just go to show you what good food. And uh, well, these sure. deer, they're shooting seven. Yeah, they're shooting seven and a half year olds. They're not shooting four and a half year olds. You know, like on our lease, you know, they shoot four and a half year olds. They don't even wait till they get to be five. You know, but uh, it, it's funny how the people that really want, really want to raise some deer, they at least let them get to six and a half, seven. You know, to see what they really are. Yeah, get their maximum potential. Sure. This place is unbelievable. It's just full of arrowheads, you know. He just uh, showed me all these beautiful arrowheads. They're fine here. Uh, and uh, this, there's a building here that's like 18, 16 that's got arrowheads stuck in it, you know, from fighting and stuff. It's just really a neat place. It's got a lot of history. You know, I get to walk around and look at all this great history stuff. So it's, it's a very neat place. It's kind of nice to be in the hills. You know, I get up, it's like that movie Groundhog Day. I get up every day and it's exactly the same. Well, I broke the groundhog day by coming up here, you know. (laughs) 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 You know, and I don't mind getting up every day and catching big fish. I'm not saying that, but it is nice to have a little change, you know. Yeah, it is. It's some of those green fish. That was weird. You know, that's different catching those green fish. They're not near as slimy as the ones I'm used to dealing with. Right. Plus, you can lip those, take them off the hook, chunk them back, man. Yep. It was cool. I walk into the end of this little lake and uh, I see this huge mud ball in about two foot of water. I said, 
I said, Clayton, there must be a big catfish. And he said, no, there's no catfish in here. <laughs> it was a bass <laughs> that left. And I think they caught a nine-pounder out of here, but they have – I, I didn't catch any really big ones, but they got some studs in here. Yeah, that bass next to the bank, he was probably already on a bed, you know, up that way. That's kind of what I was thinking, you know. And I, I pulled up there, and I made several casts before I went in that cove. Then I walked up to the cove, and boom, he busted out of there. So I know that I got in front of, in front of her at least one time, and she just didn't, didn't want to push me out of there or something, you know. Man. But, I love catching uh, bass. They're fun to catch, I man. Do I do too, man. Was, I like the smell was, of them. Yeah, I know they got a different smell, don't they? Yeah, they do. I like you it. Know, that's what I miss about Mexico so much is all that great bass fishing I did in Mexico. Now, you know, you just don't want to go. It's just so sad that, you know, like back rack and all that stuff I used to fish. You know, you just don't get to go down there because you just don't feel safe like I used to. Well, that's impressive well, catching those fish knee-deep like that. That's fun, man. Oh, Mickey was so much fun. And I was catching them on a soft on. I had to leave my rod between 11 and 12 o'clock just to keep it from grassing up. Uh-huh. And you didn't catch them in the first, you didn't catch them in the first uh, five feet or ten feet. You wouldn't catch them. But I was watching the bait, so I wouldn't cast until I saw that certain little flip. When they turn to the side and make that certain little flip, flip sound, they right. make a certain little sound. And then they'll go three feet and jump again. You know what's going on. Scared yeah. mullet right there. That scared yes, mullet sir. pattern. Their eyes are bulging out. It's good. Not, you know? not the old happy mullet jump, you know. When they jump boat up jump. sideways, hey, you better throw at it. And that last one I caught, I threw up there, and, and I just saw the mullet flip. And I threw about five feet from that mullet, and I just flipped the rod twice and boom, just slammed it. And so I was able to drop the rod down. That's another thing about rod positioning on big fish, too. If you're fishing too deep and you're, and you're say, almost – you know, who are overweight, you have a tendency to hold your rod at 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock, you know, just a little bit lower in the water. But when you're fishing shallow, it makes you hold your rod up higher and you get a better drop to, from telegraph of the fish. So many times deep when you're coming up, he's on there and you go ahead and set the hook, well, he doesn't have it. But when you're in shallow water and you feel that thump and you can drop that rod down six foot, well, he's giving, he, 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 he gives no pressure. You know, he doesn't feel like it's, it's something it shouldn't be. So it's, it's easier for me to catch them shallow. I like catching fish really shallow. Yeah. That's kind of what I like to do, you know. Well, they're a lot easier to catch when they're shallow. You know, if they're moving around and they're pushing bait up like that, they're biting. They're they're in there for a reason. They shove that mullet up against the bank like that. It's on, man. And that's exactly what they're doing, Mickey. They're shoving that bait against that bank, man. Isn't that something? But that tournament, you know, last weekend was incredible. I got to be go down there and watch all that, and and uh, chasing Cole, the Blackwell brothers won that, and it was just it was incredible to watch all that unfold. You know, yeah. all the big fish they caught that second day. They caught several fish over seven pounds that last day. Yeah, I saw several over eight that last day too. You know that were you know on the leaderboard. Oh, I know it. It's incredible the fish they caught. God Almighty! I don't care where you're fishing. That's good stuff, there, buddy. <laughs> A lot of good fish, a lot of good fishermen. You know, you're well, talking yeah, about and you got you got some gorillas fishing. Those guys are animals, oh, man. Just, you know, they, oh my god, trout don't god. have a chance. Yeah, well, and all those guys, there's no there's no calls in there. There's a no. few maybe, maybe a few fighters, but you know these guys are serious. Like my buddy Barry, you know he's he's serious, dude. He just God, he, I think he placed like seventh or something in this place. But just like Barry says, you know, if we had one more fish, we dropped one fish, you know, just a one more good sized fish, we'd we'd really been up there tight. Yeah, And that's what's so good about those tournaments, man. You know, you can't make that fish get on your lure. <laughs> no. I don't care what you caught the day before, last week. <laughs> if 
to that day, Bubba, and it's got you got to get that bike that day. And sometimes it just doesn't happen. I don't care how good you are. That's what you, know? you call some stiff competition, right there, brother. Oh God, man! And those boats with those five hundreds on it. They were they were blowing blades <laughs> off, twisting props off, and they had those twin four hundreds going by. They were doing a hundred eleven through the land cut. Like what? You know? Isn't nuts, that crazy? Man. That's nuts, yeah. man. Hey, let me yeah. knock his break out. We'll come back and talk about slinging <laughs> blades and twisting shafts. <laughs> All right, man, hang on. All right, folks. Well, if you're going fishing, well, don't. Not till you've been to the 49th Annual Houston Fishing Show. That's been running all week. Uh, today and tomorrow are the final days, and it's all being held right there at the George R. Brown Convention Center. And we're talking everything for fishermen. All the new rods, reels, and lures, factory reps there, displaying all their new product and on hand to answer all your questions and guides from Alaska to South America and uh, dozens of fully rigged boats and hundreds of kayaks on display. Check them out firsthand and uh, clinics by expert fishermen covering salt and fresh water and check out today and tomorrow. I think they have it at two o'clock, the special kids clinic each day and uh, get the kids out of the house, take them in there. They'll have a good time looking the place over and uh, going to the kids' clinic. There's tons of giveaways. They can go home with some really neat stuff. So if you love to fish or just want to learn more about fishing, don't miss the 49th Annual Houston Fishing Show. Check them out at HoustonFishingShow.com. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show, 619 here in the Bayou City. All right, Cliff, we are back, my friend. Thanks for holding. Oh, that's good. I was was sorry to hear that you're not feeling well, buddy. Man. I got the crud, man. It happens. Just, uh, hey, one of those deals. Get it over with now so before (laughs) spring fishing gets too good, you don't want to be down. I know I had that during that those guys came down for three days in Florida, you know, about three, four weeks ago and I had that. I had to fish, you know, I fished all three days with that stuff and I mean I hardly ever get sick and you know, I felt like heck, but I still you know, I mean you feel the same way at home. You might as well go fishing. Yeah, you know? I mean you know, unless you're real bad, you don't want to get too bad, yeah. but uh it's doable. Uh, I was I was I was good. They'd already had it. All three of the guys I was fishing with already had the crud, so it was good stuff. They just got over it, so I felt like I wasn't gonna give them up and I didn't, so but it was good. It was good to hear that uh, Plog caught some really nice fish. That's, that's really good news for you guys. Yeah, here. for up here, that's really good fishing. <laughs> you know, the kind oh, of man. the rut cool. we've been in the last few years, you know, a lot of small fish. And mm-hmm. it's uh, it'll put an extra hop in your step, buddy, and catch some nice ones well, like that. I'm hoping, I think we're over the freeze area, so hopefully, you know, we won't get another freeze. Oh, I hope you're right, man. All the trees are showing we are, unless they're going to get nipped in the bud. Oh, Robin at the Bass Sass, and, you know, he's a, he's a big hillbilly, I call him, but, you know, he's really <laughs> He says, when those mockingbirds start singing, it's over. And, excuse me, yesterday was the first time the mockingbirds started singing, you know. Yeah, I heard a mockingbird at my house the other day. He said, Hadn't heard one all winter. That's it. Since when they start doing it, it's over. So I guess, uh, I guess I'll pay attention to nature's signs. I've been doing it all my life. It seems to work, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. That uh, if you just watch nature, it'll tell you what's going on ahead of time. Oh man, I've been, 
that, that tournament thing was so cool because I live right pretty close to water. I get to hear all those boats take off. You talk about a boat race, dude. Oh, my God. So listen to this. The top ten teams were not in fast boats. They were the donkeys. The donkeys beat the, the donkeys beat the <laughs> greyhounds. I love it. <laughs> well, that's uh... – <laughs> Better be a bloodhound than a greyhound. The old hare and tortoise theory, you know. A lot of those guys play basketball sticks. They went right past them, you know. And the right. boys said, "Well, we'll go catch them in their prop lake," and that's kind of what they did, you know. So I was pretty impressed with that, you know. And uh, and that's what's so great about these tournaments, Mickey. You know, you think you can just pop in there and have a shot, dude? You're against you're against groups of people that network it that work it every single day in fast boats, slow boats, <laughs> you know, telephones. And those guys are on two or three spots with big fishing. They're not just – they don't have their whole game plan on one spot because they realize right. weather can change, things can change, and all that stuff's going to go out the window, you know. So you better be paying attention to conditions of the tournament, you know. I tell people, I said, you know, that's great you're fishing here on Tuesday in the wind southeast at 15. At the front, it's going to be 25 at north. Are you going to fish the same spot? Probably not. So why don't you scout the spots that you're getting ready to go to and see if there's any bait in there where the predators are going to be in there. So, you know, it's kind of a it's kind of a head game, too, in this deal. Yes. But, man, the quality of the fishermen, oh, my God. I never thought I'd see that many good trout fishermen in my day. Unbelievable. Well, I witnessed all those years I had trout masters. Man, there were some. Uh, I know it. There were some gorillas that in that, that tournament. Jeez. Oh, man, I remember that was a great tournament you had. That was still one of the best ones ever, I think. I mean, there was like a hundred different guys. You could, uh, you know, just toss a coin. One, You know, one out of that hundred is going to be in the top. You know, it just, if not all of them, they'd, they'd get in there so tight and close. Pretty impressive. Yeah, well, you know, you got 51 teams and you got three men to a team. You're looking over 150 trout fishermen out there. Yeah. That's and lure so, chunking right there, brother. And you think about this too, about how some of those guys didn't catch any fish, and they're they're good. And to go all day long and not be able to catch a fish over three pounds, it happens to everybody. You just don't want it to happen to you on tournament day, but it does. Exactly. It you know. So, and Chad did a good thing by putting a four pound deal on the swim. You know, it's got fish got to be four pounds. You know, because uh, it's four pounds and up. It isn't three. Yes, sir. It's four pounds and up. Okay. It's four pounds and up. So uh, I think that's a good deal uh, they got going on there. So, and the way they're doing these tournaments with these scales are really neat. I got I went to the weigh-in and you know, everybody turns their scales in. All the scales are certified, and the way they video it and, and stuff is, is pretty neat. Where nobody can cheat, and, and they don't show the you know Chad's real good about not showing the background. You know that he's got it down pretty good. That, that's a bummer when you're a bunch of big fish and you know everybody on the on the on your on your iPhone can see where you're at. You know, <laughs> you don't do it right. You know, and that's, that kind of hurts because a lot of people, they watch all the guys in the tournament fishing to actually learn their spots. You know, there's guys out there that don't fish the tournaments, but on tournament day, they're out there seeing where the guys are fishing. Right. You know, that's just kind of the way this network works. So it's a, it's, it's a lot to it. Yeah, I think the next one's changed. Yeah, the next one's in Mansfield. You're going to see some studs caught there, but you're going to see some big fish come in. Man. Yeah, and then after Mansfield, then they go to South Padre farther down the coast oh it's gonna be good it's gonna be good and i don't see any freezes coming now i think that hopefully knock on wood we're done you know 
Now nah, this front here is going to get us down in the 30s, but I mean we'll be all right. That's that's going to make them bite good. I got some trips this week and get back and well that that'll probably help your fishing cool that water down a little. Awesome, yes sir, it is. It is. We had some really really super low tides too. You know this really changed things. Uh, but you learn to fish those low tide patterns. But the, the crazy thing is, is how many boats are still running aground when, when they go out in the morning and you can barely get your boat off the ramp because of tide solo and you're going to run the same track that you ran? I mean, over, you know, nope. and you got, it's just, it just doesn't work, you know? And, and I saw so many boats just get hammered this week. Oh, really? Rocks and hitting rocks and posts and, you know, a lot of people, they run over rocks that are three foot underwater and then tide drops two foot. You're not going to run over that rock. No, you're going to catch it. You're going to catch that catch. rock. But, uh, the, well, the that's when it uh, comes in real handy to know what's going on, you know, to know sure. the area extensively just to avoid something like that. Boy, I'd, that'll give you a bad day when you've, uh, you know, especially in your tournament and you got fish in a live well and you you knock your lower unit off trying to get the way in. and That's that's the end of that. And they had one tournament guy blow blew through two props, threw, threw the blade off one, and threw, yeah, I think he threw blades off two of them. You know, but you got a 500 horse, and this is what's happening too. So they're putting extra tanks in their boats. You know, like I told you, they, they got these big tanks in the front to run whatever, 100, 150 miles. Well, when you're trying to lift that front of that boat with that prop, you're putting a lot of pressure on the blades. Yeah, you, you know? are. So you're that throwing much force blades, against uh, that prop sir? with the weight of that boat and pushing it that fast, something's going to give. These guys are running 6,500 RPMs, you know. That's that's getting it, guys. I mean, this is they're redlining these engines. That's what's incredible. Uh, if we'd have done that 25 years ago, we'd all broke down. <laughs> yeah, everybody'd been blown up, up, man. You couldn't you couldn't hold those up. engines down that long, redlining them. You could not, you know. And uh, it was amazing. I look back at all the old records. How many times we broke down during a year? Just simple stuff, O2 sensors, whatever, you know. Sure. And nowadays. You know, knock on wood, it just doesn't happen very often. You know, it does happen, but not nearly as often. Yeah. That, uh, that's a whole new ball game nowadays. It's totally yes, sir, different. It is. Yes, sir, and it very is. expensive. Very expensive. <laughs> the new props are double what they used to be. Oh, yeah. Everything you know, is. You know, you used to be able to get a good prop five, seven dollars Now they're $1,300, $1,400 for a prop or more. They got some of these boats that the props are five grand. It's just nuts. Yeah, I've seen all that. That's man, what is fishing going to? Yeah. Well, I like I like to see that where not all the boats always win. You know, right? That that's fat. The fastest boats don't always win, and it's so true. And it's it's good to have a fast boat, but also, you know, you don't have to have a fast boat. You got to have the knowledge and put in the time. Uh, the time is more important than the horsepower. I really believe that. Oh yeah, you know, it's like hunting. Time in the woods is all about time in the water. Location, experience, knowledge, all that. That all comes into play. Now you want to come down from Dallas and scout half a day for the tournament? You're probably not going to do any good. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Unless you're one lucky son of a gun. <laughs> yeah, but you got to be lucky. You got to be lucky two days in a row. That's the deal. You know, like a lot of teams were leading in the first day, and they dropped way down that second day because their fish had moved. You know, they didn't have a second spot. Well, either that or their fish bit the first day. And, you know, I used yeah. to do that with big fish. I, I'd get a good bite on a school of fish. 
on one day and the next day I wouldn't go back to it. I'd try something else because chances are those fish that you caught the day before, they're not going to bite that next day. You might catch one or two if you're lucky. So fun. That's, that's so fun. They'll eat, they'll eat those big mullet and they'll sit for a day. You know, that's, that's exactly what happens. Oh, yeah. Especially this time of year with the water cool, sometimes they'll hold those mullet two, three, three days before they barf them up and, and get in the feed mode again, you know? Yeah. I like those big old cotton balls they throw up, those big old stinky cotton balls when they throw up those mullet after they've had them in their belly for a couple of days. You oh, know, yeah. Like Claude was talking about, big slick around here. It's a dead giveaway for boats going by you, but it sure does feel good when you're smelling. Yeah, you look on the shoreline and see a see a guys uh, lined up and their slicks. You know they're standing in a big old giant slick. You know they're reeling fish in and they're puking up bait everywhere. That's a dead knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> it's like throwing out free toes to attract birds. That's what we do with the free toes. We go down the shoreline and throw a couple bags of free toes. And they're the, the best because they make slicks and they attract birds. <laughs> They're greasy. We get the guys going, going into the Frito slicks, and we go on the real, the real fish. That was pretty fun. Yeah, we were Doug and I would do that, but it was fun. But you know, our our water quality is good, um, and it's it's amazing the amount of fish we have. You know, I'm just so lucky we dodge a bullet on that freeze, Mickey. If we can get through one more year with this new limit. You're going to see oh, some baby. real fish next. Can you see next tournament? Somebody's going to break a 10. You know, they're, they're getting close. Sure they are. Close. <laughs> yeah, there's been but, several nines caught down that way this year. So that's oh, that's three. encouraging. Oh, no. Those will be 10-pound fish three. next year. Yeah, yeah. Really, really close. But seeing some 32s, they, they caught another 32 and three-quarter down in Mansfield. That's a monster. But he didn't was skinny fish, but still weighed nine pounds. Yeah, that's a long fish. Oh, yeah. Oh, Boy, a fish that length up here in Galveston, man, I'd be afraid to say what that would weigh. You know, if it was healthy like the rest of the fish in this fishery, it'd be 12, 12 13 pounds, man. I know your fish are first, first off here. So what did that uh, that 10-pounder you caught when James was talking about? How long was that fish, Mickey? That fish was 30 and a half inches. That's a big one, man, for your area. Golly. 30.5. And the longest fish I ever caught, and the fattest and longest, I let it go. Well, Jay, Jay was there. Him and Lowell, they saw the fish. And uh, it was 32 and a quarter. That was over at Sabine Lake. And I let it swim off. That was uh, That's probably the biggest trout I've ever put my hands on as far as proportion and length. I mean, what a beast, man. My, my big old mitt wouldn't even fit around it. I had to put oh, my rod under my arm and grab it with two hands. <laughs> A lot of my bigger fish I caught before the boca grip days, and where you had to handle the fish. Of course, my hands were a lot better then. You could grab yeah. them, but I think about that now. My old arthritis hand. I'm glad I got a boga to stick in their mouth because I can't grab them anymore. I just can't, you know. But, well, um, you know, and, and it's I've always grabbed fish my entire life, and uh, you know, you you got to wear that fish down just right and get him gliding just right to get that bottom lip clipped. You know, with that boga, that's that takes some art too. You know. How many people reel the fish in green and try to deal with it up there with three foot of line out? Or it's not going to happen. You reel too much line in this game over. You know, short short lining, put three foot rock, three foot of line out, see what happens. <laughs> hey, I've seen rod tips broke off like that, high sticking and everything else because of that. You know. Uh, and we're talking about you know how to properly land a big fish. You know, with these bogus, because a lot of guys try to snap it on, free, free snap it on the fish. It's really hard when you wear the fish down when she's up on her side. You stick your rod under your armpit. And you grab that line, you lead the fish to you, and snap that boga on. 
exactly. if she takes off, pick the rod back up and try it again. But eventually she'll come in and snap it. The hard thing is when they have a plug on the outside and their lips are pinned shut. That, yeah. <laughs> that, and then you're worried about getting that, that lure inside your waders. You've got to get her up to your belly to get her. You've got to flip her over, grab her tail to get her behind the head, and then she's going to run into your waders. So that's, that's always fun is, is getting I know what you're, you know, I know you know that's happened to you before where that big old lure or topwater is hanging out their mouth and just going to get you with it, you know? Oh, I had that happen to me. I lost a big one over at Tech City Flats one year, Wade Knight, old Joe Petty and, and uh, David Faust. And this fish was so big I couldn't get my hands on it, so I just uh, belly grabbed it, you know, pushed it up against me. And, uh, yeah. it started shaking and going crazy. And I was using a straight back red pin with three treble hooks and one of them dug into my stomach and that oh. fish shook off and just ripped, ripped a hole in my skin and everything through my shirt and all we were waiting wet. You know, it was like May or whatever, but man, that was a giant washed her swim yeah. off. Didn't get to weigh that one or look at it or hold it good. Unfortunately, we've all done that. Man. It was a giant. Yeah, and that's things like the ones you really lose, the ones you always, you know, I've lost two fish in my life that were just unbelievable. I still think about that that whole thing I did. I said, I didn't do anything wrong. The fish just got off, you know. I, re- I yeah. replay it in my mind. I, what I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything. You know, it just, just got off. You know? One of them yeah. pulled a split ring off. The other one just threw it, you know. But uh, it's going to happen. All right, Cliff. Well, hey, buddy. If somebody wants to call you about coming down and getting in on the action, how do they get a hold of you, brother? All right, Mickey, you need to come down, too. You need guys need to get down here in the spring. man. I'm All right, bud. Down. All right, man. Well, I'm at area code 361-949-0707. Hey, thanks for having me on, Mickey. Hey, thank you, Cliff. Always a pleasure, buddy. See you, man. All right, Bubba. Get well. All right, All right I will. All right, that's Captain Cliff Webb down in Corpus Christi. And uh, we're going to open these phone lines up for the final segment, so if you care to give us a call, we'd love to hear from you. Call us at 713-572-4610. At 713-572-4610. And if you're looking for a quality place to shop for grade-A cuts of beef, pork, and chicken, look no farther than the Belleville Meat Market. What a great place to shop, and no better place to have your wild game process than the Belleville Meat Market. And check out their you know, sausage samples in the store. They're available daily. You can try your actually try your sausage before you buy it. With a full menu of pecan smoked barbecue, they serve that Monday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. With pulled pork and homemade hot dogs now on their menu up there. And check out their ground beef special, three fifty nine a pound, a 10-pound bulk pack of the 8515 mix. And gear up for the livestock show and rodeo, USDA choice briskets, pork ribs, and smoked sausage available. Competitive pricing on smoked sausage. Call and ask to speak with Ben for that. And a quarter calf or a half calf, they're available for pre-order and custom processed. Wild game processing, they're still making their Vinny dogs and hog dogs. And uh, that way you can bring something home your hunt. The entire family can enjoy all year long. The Belleville Meat Market celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, let's get to these phone lines. Got some callers on here. Let's go to uh, Dakota. 
He wants to talk about big trout on Galveston Bay. What year? <laughs> Dakota, good morning. You're on the outdoor show. <laughs> hey, can you hear me? Yes. Hey, uh, so I've only caught a few decent trout in West Bay. When I say decent, my biggest is 27, and I caught three 26s. And I've noticed there's a correlation between when I've caught them compared to when I've caught, you know, your standard 15, your, 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 your normal size smaller dink trout. Mm-hmm. And, and the examples I have is I hear y'all talk about y'all, y'all search for that one bite. Well, we pulled up on, a, on, the, on the south shoreline of West Bay one morning, and we pulled up to a point. It was, it was during spawning time, so it was like uh, early May, maybe late May, mid-May, something like that. Uh-huh. And we pulled up on a point. And me and my buddy, and we went to waylay in the trout. And they were good trout. They were anywhere from 18 to 20 inches. And we, right. we, we caught them for about, I don't know, probably like an hour straight. It was great. The bite shut off, went down. So we're like, man, these fish swam off. Let's go see which way they went. My buddy went one way. I went the other. Another hour, two hours went by. Nothing. It's about 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. And I'm fishing this flat. The whole the water looks dead. There's no more bait moving, nothing. It just died. Right. And I'm just sitting there walking. And all of a sudden, boom, I get a bite. It's a 26-inch trout. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, that's a good fish. I put it back. I made another catch. I caught three back-to-back 26-inch trout all together. Now, is there... Do you know why? Do you think those fish were there the whole time? They were just staying away from the groupies? Uh, that's real possible. That's real possible. Uh, I notice you caught three, usually in those, uh, pods of bigger fish like that, they'll travel in groups of three to five fish, you know, and usually, you know, the catch rate on the lure versus, you know, live bait, you're going to catch 10% of whatever's in a school with a lure. So say if you got 50 fish in front of you, you know, you're, you're going to catch five, maybe 10 if you're lucky out of that school. But, but what I used to notice back in the day when we had a lot of big fish like that, you'd always pop two or three in a row like that. You know, it's like that time I was was, waiting back to the boat and I just walked into them, you know, and we, and I left two, three and four pounders biting every cast to go back to the boat and just walked into those three big fish in a row, you know? And it wasn't even intentional for me. I was just trying to fish around and find that. Sure, you were again, just you were searching destroyer, you know, fishing it out. Yeah, I was just I was just in the zone. It was dead, but I was still sitting there hammering it out. And all of a sudden, boom! I stuck them. And then the other time, I was fishing uh, this little uh, uh, reef bed in Jones Bay, and uh, it was uh, outgoing tide. And once right. again, on one side of the of the reef, we were catching our trout. And I just so happened to dip around on the other side, and uh, I hooked a 27. Maybe. It's like it's like they they hang around, but they don't. It's almost like they don't stay with the groups. Like you got to get around them or something. Well, and you know, sometimes those fish will swim into you. They'll come to you, and other times you got to go to them. And uh, yeah. That's why, you know, when I wade fish, I like to take it slow and easy. And, you know, unless, 
you know, I'm in dead water and I see a bunch of slicks pop up down the shoreline, then we'll we'll fast pace it down there till we hit one, and then we'll stop and work the area over. You know, fan our cast and cast in different directions, different angles, different presentations, because sometimes you can be in them, and if you're not getting the right angle, if you can figure out which way those fish are facing, like if they're facing towards you, that's the easiest way because you throw past them and bring a lure by them, and they don't have to turn around to eat that lure. They just swim up to it and eat it. A lot of times, yep. you know, they got to be feeding really good and aggressive to get them to, you know, turn around and kick back and swim to the bait and chase it. And, uh, I mean, that's that, that's what we do. I've, you know, on rare occasions, you'll you'll wade into a pile of fish like that, and they're all big ones like, you know, five- to eight-pound fish, and, and uh, you can stand in one place and just work on them. But usually when that happens, you're fishing off like a point with a tow head on it or you're fishing a point with a drain coming by it, and that just happens those big fish are right there, and that's what they want. And... But West Bay, you know, I've seen those big fish this time of year over there. A lot of times we'll uh, start catching them on the outside of the cove, you know, like off a point, throwing on a sandbar or whatever. And yep. you can watch them work that bait. That mullet will actually start flipping and moving up inward into the cove down the gut. You know, every cove has a gut running into it, you know, a tide gut. And they'll follow that yeah, gut. and. Yeah, and the, and the fish will follow follow with it. And once they get that bait pushed up where they want it, then then you're not throwing in the gut anymore. You're actually throwing shallow on the flat where those fish are under that bait, and that's when you can pound on them, man. It's like a game trail, right? They, they sure, use them, exactly. Them, like Same thing, trail. man. It's structure. You know, they feel safe in it because they're a little bit deeper. Hey, you're going to get a kick out of this, too. you probably heard this in a while. You know what I caught all those fish on? Uh-uh. A coca home and a, a queen yeah. coca home. Hey, they still work. Nobody throws them anymore, but they still work. Oh, my God. nephew, that that jalapeno is his favorite coca home That's what he throws. Hey, hey, chartreuse ice, coca home cut yep. the top fin and the bottom fin, and dip that tail in chartreuse. Yep. That's my go-to right there. There you go. Chartreuse People is a really good color. They look at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, man, this sucker works. I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. <laughs> hey, that's right. I, mean, I just wanted to call in and just. All right, just Dakota. Thanks for the call, the, man. The, the big trout. Yeah, no problem, man. All right, have a good day. See ya. All right, let's go to uh, Jeff Walker next. Jeff, good morning. You're on the outdoor show. What's up? Well, good morning, Captain Miggy. Good I'm, morning, uh, sir. I don't know if you remember me. I'm old Jimmy's old neighbor down there in Demijohn. Yeah, the voice sounds familiar. I'm trying to put a face to it now. Well, I cooked you a ribeye last time I. Well, no, I okay. saw you too, but I, I, uh, yeah, I think uh, my the guy that that ended up in Jimmy's house. I think he called in a month or so ago, Scott. Yeah, he bought Jimmy's uh, house. Yeah, yeah. Finally got me a good neighbor in there. Hell, I've been. I still tell my Jimmy stories though. So right. I don't know. Uncle Jimmy. I miss that guy, man. I miss that guy. But that old boy with the cockahoe. Hey, that old caller you just had with the cockahoe minnow ice, man. You know what? I like that bait myself. Do you? (laughs) I'm still an old cockahoe chunker. Right. But well, they work anyway. Yeah, yeah, they do. Hell, I, I, I ought to maybe think about buying some new bait, but <laughs> hell, I can't afford it. 
Uh, oh, I'm telling you, you can spend a fortune on trying to have all the updated lures and everything else we need. But hey, the old school still works. I mean, those fish still oh, eat yeah. those lures. Well, I mean, I'm still a gold spoon guy myself. But do you like a gold spoon? A lot of people. I do, do like eight ounce gold spoon, man. I've caught more fish stories than you can believe on a gold spoon. But you still uh, fish hey, a lot quick, down there. I don't. I don't. I'm. In fact, I. I I'm I'm now hell driving through Port Lavaca headed to uh, Corpus to pick up some equipment and bring it back. Right. Uh, seem like I'm working most of the time, but uh, I look out there at the water and see what's happening. <laughs> I got you. But hey, wanted to mention something about that. Uh, you remember how that old part of the bio right there that ran behind me and Jimmy's house? Uh, it, it got re- it's got real silted in. Right. Well, there's a rumor. There's a rumor going they may dredge that thing. Well, that'd be good for y'all. Boy, I'm telling you, you know, property value. I try to tell that when I'm protesting my taxes. I'm like, hell, you can barely get a boat through here half the time. And uh, well, and that's what I'd used love... to hurt us when I'd come down to Jimmy's in the winter. We'd want to go to Christmas Bay and and coon oysters and. Uh, but uh, if the tide was too low, get, and you want it low to do that, you know, at Rattlesnake Point and all that, but it uh, we couldn't get his boat out of the sling. You know, we'd drop it down. We couldn't get out of there. I know. It was a mud hole. It really was. And uh, <laughs> But I, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm hoping they'll do something. Uh, and and supposedly part of the story was that, that be- from, from the get-go, when the Corps of Engineers dredged that thing, they said that they would maintain – that sections of the bow, you know, in relationship to the the original, you know, dredge or whatever, they would they would keep that other part clean, but they just didn't. Right. So uh, anyway, that's just rumor. I'm sure you may or may not have heard it. They did actually bring a guy in to talk about it uh, during the POA meeting a week or so ago. But uh, anyway, yeah, I'm sure hoping they do. It sure help our our fishing and our, our property values over there where Jimmy and I were. Sure would. Yep. That's uh we had some good times down there on Demi John back in the day, buddy. Hey, even when the fish aren't biting, that's a pretty pretty smiley place, you know? <laughs> yep. I remember he'd anyway, always throw the parties at his house on the hill up there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I remember the day I walked in for the first time, uh, when I bought that house. And I walked out. We share a patio up there, you know, on the back right. porch. And I walked out, and Jimmy and Ronald and Donna and, and Aletha were all sitting up there. And I'm like, oh, man. Man, they're right there. I'm hoping we're going to get along. <laughs> but we did. Yeah. Hell, you, it, you'd have to be a, a, a cantankerous old character not to get along with Jim Cogdell, I can tell you that. <laughs> I remember you know all those days Oh, Doc, Doc would be there. Remember Doc? Doc had a house down there. And then, uh, yes. you know, and uh, what was his name? The fiddle player, Chubby Weiss or whatever, he used to come down to Jimmy's yeah. all the time. I'll tell you what, you wouldn't recognize a soul nowadays. We got so many new folks in there. Uh, you know, you see, you'd watch the car come over the bridge. You'd say, that's old so-and-so. Right. Now you never know who it is. Got you. <laughs> you don't know who it is. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, but anyway, I, I just wanted to holler at you. Hell, I'm on this long drive, and I was losing radio, so I thought, well, hell, I'll just call in and listen. <laughs> there you go. All right, Jeff. Well, hey, good talking to you, man. You have a good one, brother. Good, good, good talking to you, Mickey. All right, later, man.
All right, uh, last caller. Let's go to Alan. Alan, good morning. You're on the outdoor show. Good morning, Mickey. Thank you very much for taking my call. What's up? Uh, I, I, me and a couple of buddies fishing take a trip to Lake Palestine, mm-hmm. and we've never been there. I thought maybe some of you or some callers could tell you something about it. Uh, Man, I don't know a lot about Palestine. I've never fished it. You know, I had a aunt and uncle that lived in Palestine. I maybe went yeah, to I that lake when I was a kid or something back in the day, but I don't know much okay. about it. All right. Well, maybe some of you, I know it's late and your fishing shut off, so. What are y'all I fishing for? Well, uh, maybe bass, catfish, stuff like that. I got you. Just going uh, fishing, man. Uh, yeah, just just going up there, getting away. I got vacation coming, and I got a buddy who lives up there, but he don't know a whole lot about it. And I don't know. I know it's late to fix it cut off, but I really appreciate it. Next time you're on, get some feedback on it. All right. Well, we can do that. No problem, Alan. Yes, you when got y'all leaving? Couple when are you minutes? leaving to go up there? Probably about a couple of weeks. Oh, okay. Well, you probably hit it just yeah. right weather-wise. Spring is just about yeah. here, man. Yeah. Yeah, I know, man. I want some time off from work. Oh, I'm a plant worker. I'm a plant worker, so are you? I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you got a couple minutes, maybe I need some yeah. feedback, but I'll let you go. Okay, buddy. See ya. Uh, Mickey, right. thank you very much. Bye. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, that was that was the last caller. Unless somebody's got some quick info they want to give Alan on uh, Lake Palestine, call us at seven one three five seven two four six ten. We got a couple of minutes. You could share that with us, but uh, we'll go from there. See if somebody calls it and wants to give me any local knowledge or info about it. But uh, yeah, getting getting back to those big trout, you know, like. You know, I think it's Dakota I was talking to about it. That's, man, I love talking about that, you know, how you get them. And, you know, it just, uh, everything's got to line up for you nowadays. I know we don't have the amount of big fish we used to. And hopefully this will be a normal conversation in future years on the show is catching big trout in Galveston Bay again. We're long overdue. We've paid our dues and been through a lot over the last 10 years. Sure like to uh, see it bounce back and maybe with these limits. And, you know, a lot of people, they're just, uh, they're they're cooperating with it. They're seeing the need for uh, conservation instead of just stacking meat on the table every day when you come in. And and, uh, there's nothing better than catching big fish, big trout, that is. I mean, you know, all the schoolies, I mean, once you caught one, you caught them all, but... uh, once you start getting into busting five, six, and seven, and eight-pound trout, there's there's just nothing better in my books. Light tackle and fishing with lures like we do with them, it's really fun. It's a great sport. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show, but uh, guess what? We'll be back in the morning bright and early Sunday morning at 4 a.m. right here at Sports Radio 610 KILT Houston.